Hello, everybody. You have Jake flying solo here today on Halloween, and I am feeling festive and inspired, so I'm going to share a little bonus content. I have been on an absolute tear the last two months watching horror films, some new, some old, some good, some bad. And after watching a particularly good one today, as I said, I felt inspired, so I'm going to do a quick recommendation and wreck it list, uh, cherry picking a couple of the, the top films I've seen recently, and some of the worst. Before I dive into it, I just want to quickly say thank you to all of our fans. Notice we have a lot of new fans this month, um, and we just really appreciate all of you. Uh, new, old, we love having you here. So thank you all for joining me today and in the past, and hopefully we'll see you again in the future. Okay, on to my bonus Halloween, we'll call it another Recco Recco list. First, we're going to start with the new releases that I've seen in theaters the past few months. We got number one, Talk To Me, with a, one of the more recent A24 outputs. For anyone who knows me, I really generally like A24 content. Uh, this film, I'll be honest, it's really well made. I did not love it. Once again, it, it was clearly well made, and I think it has a lot of positive things going for it. I also think the directors, the, the two young directors, are really promising. Ultimately, I, I was turned off a bit by the violence. Uh, there's specifically one scene with Possession that I, I felt was just too much. Like they didn't cross a line or anything. Uh, I just thought the violence was too graphic, and it took me out of the movie, actually, because I had to remind myself it was a movie. I could be just getting soft in my old age, but it, it just it, the violence actually took me out of it. I also found the, the protagonist to simply just be unlikable. I understood what her character did and why. I just didn't agree with it. And without really caring for that character, I feel like as a horror film... You really need to care about the protagonist, and if you dislike them, I think that loses a key element of the horror where you're not really feeling for them or you're not as, uh, you're not as sympathetic towards them as you might be otherwise. I sound like a monster. For anyone who sees this film, she's a very sympathetic girl, but you, you, I think you'll understand once you see it. She's pretty selfish, and it, it, she brings a lot of the damage onto herself and her friends. This part of the issue too here, I, th I think the story was just a little thin. Um, this is actually based off a short film, and it really feels like it. It could have worked as an hour special. It to, to me, I just don't think it was enough there to really support a feature length film. With that being said, the film is too well made to simply wreck, but I didn't like it rec enough to recommend. So I'm this is actually a push, which I don't, I don't know if I've done on this list before, but I'm sorry. I needed to talk about this film. I have a weird, it's weird, it's good, uh, but it just didn't click with me. So this film is a push. Number two on my list. I'm not gonna lie, I, I was pretty disappointed by this film. Exorcist Believer, uh, the new film came out from David Gordon Green. Yes, he did Pineapple Express, but, but he also did the Halloween remakes. I haven't seen all of them, but I saw the first two and I liked those. Uh, I thought they were pretty good. I thought it was a good modern re-envisioning of the series and also brought a little more action to it than, uh, than horror, uh, but still had that horror element. But we're not talking about his Halloween remakes. We're talking about this Exorcist Believer, which is apparently supposed to be the first of a trilogy. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen every Exorcist film. Spoiler alert. We may be talking about another one later in this pod. Uh, but to me, this film was just uninspired. It's not quite as bad as this Rotten Tomatoes score, which I think was in like the low 20s when I checked. But the thing this movie, this movie failed on a fundamental level to me and for me. Um, when 
And the reason for that is I think when dealing with these types of morbid, demonic horror films, or really most horror films, but especially when you're going the demonic, theological route, you really need some type of light or hope or positivity injected into the film. Maybe it's with the relationships between the characters or a character who's meant to bring a little levity or just the overall fight for goodness or fight against. There's supposed to be something there that's supposed to be positive that you can really hold on to or look to. And not necessarily so it's equal, but just for some balance between the positive and the negative. Otherwise, it can turn into emotional slog fest, which this was for me. There's no, moral, there's no moral lesson either, which these films generally need. And without really any positive relationships or more morality, it, it ultimately is an ugly, painful story that made for an ugly, painful film. I, I was really disappointed. It, again, this film is also well-made in the sense that it's clearly a good director, but to me, the story just completely, completely undercut the actual product or, or what they were trying to do. Number three on the list. I just saw this film. It just came out. It's made, I think, $130 million over the weekend. It's called Five Nights at Freddy's. It's based on some video game that I never played. Um, but I, I actually did read up on it once I saw this movie was coming. I've heard of it. I knew it was popular. I knew this movie was in the, was in the making for a while. And the story actually sounds pretty good off of Wikipedia. But I'll be honest. <clears throat> this movie was surprisingly serious and somber. It focused on the backstory of the protagonist, and I think it was his lost brother. And it really hammers the home fact that fact home with multiple dream sequences. Um, and it's him running through the woods, I think, trying to find his brother or these other kids. Um, but ultimately, for me, it's it's called Five Night Friday, so it takes place over five nights. But to be honest, the film it just felt not even repetitive. It just felt like the film didn't have momentum. He would go there, and ultimately all builds to a crescendo the fifth night, but there's not much buildup. It's kind of, it's not like it goes from a one to a two to a three to a four to a ten. It's like at a pretty solid one the first four nights, and then it just jumps to a ten. Um, Again, I'm not an expert on the story. I read it off Wikipedia. I didn't reread it after watching this film, but I do recall just leaving the film being, wondering what, happen and I checked and I do know that the story differs from the video game not here to be a video game purist um, but yeah I'll just be honest this film wasn't that good it, it wasn't scary there are some jump scares but they're pretty telegraphed uh, and ultimately ineffective uh, the villains weren't scary and, and the story just wasn't fun no momentum with that being said the animatronics I thought they did a good job with them I thought they looked good um, I thought they did a good job with moving them around and the action too. It just, for me, this, this film was really just too serious, not fun and not scary. So yeah, I'm definitely going to wreck uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Okay, now we're through the new. It's time to take a, take, a, take a little step back in time with me for some old school horror films. Number one on the list, and this is actually the film I watched earlier today that inspired me to make this, The Omen. Classic 1976 film starring Gregory Peck, made by Richard Donner. Uh, I was actually listening to the Rewatchables this week, and this inspired me because it was their choice. And I realized that I have a strange relation with this film because I remember seeing it when I was young, uh, probably maybe a little too young on TV, and it freaked me out. 
but I also always really liked it and always remembered it well. However, I don't know if I ever went back to it. And when I heard they were doing the Rewatchables podcast on it, I decided it was time for me to rewatch before listening. And I was just so impressed. The film starts off fast. It never lets up. But it also never overloads the story or gets in front of the, uh, gets in front of the fans. It balances suspense, horror, mystery, tragedy. And it really just does an excellent job of building atmosphere and dread. And it, it talked about... I just criticized Five Nights at Freddy's for not building properly to a finale. This film is just so, I want to say action-packed, because it's not an action film, but it's just packed with action. There's tons of momentum in every scene. Things are happening. And once again, I mentioned this quick, the mystery aspect for me I thought was really cool. Like about halfway through the film, it turns into a mystery. And it, I really enjoyed this film. The subject matter and content might be upsetting for some, but I highly recommend it. Number two, The Fog. I was so disappointed. This film just didn't work for me. I'm a huge Carpenter fan. Everyone knows I love The Thing. You may or may not also know that I also love his, he has his own horror trilogy, The Thing, The Prince of Darkness, and In the Mouth of Madness. The Thing is my all-time favorite, but I love his other films. Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness are pretty terrifying. Um, and so he, he's got the horror bona fides. This one just didn't do it for me. Zero chemistry for me between leads Tom Atkins and Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, and I found it to be a little more suspenseful than frightening. Now, there was some great cinematography and some really creepy visuals with the titular fog and some of the ghosts in it. But I'll be honest, overall, this felt more like an episode of Tales from the Crypt to me. It was just a little campy, uh, again, well-made from a production standpoint and some cool visuals, but just a little campy for me and none of the characters I really could really grip on. I just didn't find them enjoyable. I do not recommend this film. It's a wreck it, but not a definite wreck it. I, I see some of its merits or value, but yeah, I'm wrecking the fog. Okay, here we go. This one was a pleasant surprise. Number three on these old films, Exorcist 3, The Beginning. Yes, Exorcist 3. I did purposely place it as the third on this list. Thank you. This film came has come up a few times on podcasts that I listen to and lists um, whenever I'm trying to find movies. Like whenever I want to be inspired, I'll look for underrated gems or horror movies you haven't seen or foreign horror films you might not know about. Always trying to find something that I might not be aware of. And Exorcist 3 at the beginning has come up a few times as being sneaky good. That was actually recently referenced on one of my favorite podcasts, the last, last podcast on the left. And you know what? I decided to give it a chance. And as disappointed as I was with Exorcist Believer, I was very pleasantly surprised with Exorcist 3 at the beginning. It's from 1990. It is actually written and directed by the writer, uh, I believe William Peter Blatty, who actually wrote the book that it's based on. So he wrote and directed this film as a novelist, which I'm going to say makes this film even more impressive. The cast is low-key awesome. You have George C. Scott, Ed Flanders, Jason Miller, Nancy Fish, Scott Wilson, Nicole Williamson, and Brad Dourif. They're all absolutely excellent. Now, George C. Scott, you'd recognize from Patton. Scott Wilson, you might recognize from Walking Dead. Nicole Williamson is in a bunch of things, but I always know him as Merlin from Excalibur. And then Brad Dourif is just a horror ledge. Uh, you, if you don't know who Brad Dourif is... 
Look him up and then you'll recognize him. You, he's been in everything. You'll realize that you know who he is. Brad Dorif is especially excellent in this film. Uh, without giving too much away, he, he, it's a supporting role. He pops up a few times and he just delivers these, I would say, like terrifying monologues from a straitjacket. He's excellent. I'm not going to go so far as say he makes the film, but he is one of the best aspects of the film. And honestly, George C. Scott's also great. And his relationship with Ed Flanders and, um, and the Jason Miller, who they bring back from the original, um, without, again, I don't want to give too much away. <clears throat> it's very, very well acted. It's well written. And the, what, what's also interesting is there's also a mystery here. And it blends this, the, it incorporates what we know of the exorcist story into a larger mystery with a serial killer and someone who claims to be the deceased priest or one of the priests from the first one. And George C. Scott, who we learned, was friends with the, the priest who died. It, it's really interesting. It brings this character in. And what I liked about it was I just thought that it did a really good job of Talk about universe building. It felt like it took place in The Exorcist, but it also felt like a chapter that had to be told or had something to say. And as someone who is just totally unenthusiastic now about Marvel, and specifically Marvel and Star Wars content, after the barrage of mediocre content we've had recently, I've seen good world building was just very rewarding. All right, wrapping this up. Exorcist at the beginning, as I said, compelling mystery, awesome cast, really solid script, and also it is scary. There are genuinely scary moments, and there are also a few visuals that I thought were worthy of the like were up there with the originals, head spinning and spider walk. Like there are a couple really cool visuals. I'm not going to give them away because I want them to be surprised when you see them, but I think you'll be pleasantly as pleasantly surprised as I was if you give this film a shot. So I am definitely recommending Exorcist three at the beginning. And one more thing, you don't even need to watch the first. If you haven't seen Exorcist 1, you're fine. You can just go straight to this. Uh, you, they give a quick background on the story. I never saw Exorcist 2 either, so you can just jump right in Exorcist 3 if you want. Although I do recommend seeing Exorcist 1 beforehand if you haven't seen it yet. Okay. About to wrap up here, but I'm looking at the list and I am seeing three records, two recommendations and a push. And you know what? That just, that won't do. It's Halloween. It's a holiday. I can't leave you with more records than recommendations. So I'm going to add another bonus here to the bonus, double bonus. I, this film is not new as in this year. It was released this year and it's also not old. Uh, this film was released in 2021, and I actually saw it on a plane last year and thought it was pretty scary, which I think is hard to accomplish to create a scary atmosphere uh, on a plane, uh, especially on that tiny little screen. However, it worked for me. The film is called The Deep House. It is French-made, but it's an English-speaking film. A long story short, it has a genius premise. Imagine a haunted house underwater. That's it. A haunted house underwater... It's beautifully simple and well-executed, and I thought it did an incredible job, generated a sense of dread, and the story was straightforward and simple, but good, with strong acting. I was also impressed with the fact that it was shot underwater. Amazing. Like, really cool. Definitely recommend it. 
really scary. So yeah, the D pass definitely recommend it. Okay, everyone. So that wraps it up. I hope you enjoyed this little bonus list. Happy Halloween. And thanks for hanging. Talk to y'all soon. Bye now.